0: Hello and welcome to PMI's uncommon sense podcast, tools to improve your work forever. I'm Susanna Clark, managing partner with PMI. Our uncommon sense podcast is a 15 minute conversation with our expert consultants. They talk a lot of common sense, although much of it is not common practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. We want you to be inspired to improve your business through learning more about the tools, which can help you succeed and grow. Today, I'm joined by Damien Albinson, and we're going to be talking about taking out waste may not make you lean. Some of you may find that contentious. So let's uh, see what Damien has to say about that. Damien, can I start off with you just introducing yourself, please?
1: Sure. Yeah. So welcome, everyone. Uh, my name's Damien Albinson, a senior consultant with PMI. I've been with the business now uh, 10 years consulting. And my background was uh, aerospace manufacture. So, spent the last over 20 years working in different roles within business improvement from a full time change agent through to being uh, a change manager responsible for the company's deployment of their strategy. So, lots and lots of years of experience of using these techniques. And uh, yeah, that's me.
0: And that's why you're here to talk to us today about how taking out waste may not make you lean. So do you want to tell me a bit more about that? What's your theory behind this?
1: Yeah, sure. So it does sound a little contentious, uh, and maybe it is, (laughs) but I think it's this idea that sometimes organizations, no one really controls the way that they're doing improvement. Or well, no one's maybe got that overall oversight in terms of where these activities are happening. So going into a process, finding some ways, you know, the classic lean theory, coming up with ideas, how to eliminate that, all sounds great. And I think if you just started out, I would say that's a great place to start, right? Cut your teeth on that. Yeah. And you're going to get some early wins. But at some stage of your improvement program, your improvement journey, call it what you will, I think there has to be this more precise kind of, targeting of where we focus these activities because sometimes you may think you're succeeding by taking out waste but actually you're not really improving what we would call the system as in the overall end-to-end processes
0: and there's something about speeding up isn't there that there's a theory behind that if we could just do this more quickly we would be more efficient and therefore we get more out the door so what's your views on that
1: it seems perfectly logical doesn't it so let's give an example. Let's say you have a very simple three step process. Okay. Let's say the first step takes, I don't know, five minutes. The, the middle step takes 10 minutes. The third one takes seven minutes, something like that on average. And someone comes up with an idea that says, I found some waste in this first step, you know, and, I, and I've got a solution to it and they test it out. it works and they go, great. We've improved. We've got quicker. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, that all sounds great until you consider what's the overall impact of process A getting even faster than it was already because it was all already the fastest step. Yeah. So what's likely to happen is it's now going to just maybe push more work onto process number two. That's going to cause an even larger queue of work in front of process two, which extends the lead time from the customer's benefit or whoever's at the end of this process. They haven't seen any improvement at all. And the methodologies of Lean and Six Sigma are both very customer centric. So I guess my advice about taking that broader view is saying, what are these improvements having in terms of success for our customers, rather than that more inwardly looking focus of saying, we just made ourselves a little bit more efficient.
0: So what's your advice on how do we find the opportunities in our organization to improve?
1: So the classic technique is to do some kind of high-level mapping. So that could just be process mapping. The, uh, the more traditional approach is to use the value stream mapping technique, and that gives you the, this sense of not just the overall picture, but it also, if you do it in the right way, involves a whole range of people, maybe from different disciplines, different functions, to collectively get an understanding of how well does our work flow towards the customer, and the basis of lean. And it took me many years to appreciate this. Is you know, there's all these tools and techniques and so on. But really, the ultimate goal of Lean is to achieve this condition where work flows through to your customer, or should I say, value flows through to the customer. So, value stream mapping is a great technique for that. Another really interesting thing that can be discovered, if I could just come back to this, focusing on the right areas, you often discover with value stream maps that the delays that occur between the work happening there are often multiples in terms of size larger than the time it takes to do the work so this brings a whole new sense of why are we even trying to improve what we call the cycle times how long the work takes and that's normally what we have gravitated to We, we, we you know when we're looking for improvements we think about the work that people do and therefore that must be where the opportunities are what about the periods in between where nothing happens and they can be enormous. Improving those can have a significant impact on lead times, which is what your customers gonna sense directly.
0: Okay. And and can you give me some examples of the kind of things that one might see that are causing the delays between the two cycles?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, delays get really fascinating for me. And sometimes they're caused By the example I gave earlier, you know, one process is working faster than another. It's causing this kind of buildup of inventory or queues of work. But sometimes the the root cause of those delays goes outside of the work steps themselves, what we call the value-added steps. And you find yourself suddenly in the how do we manage and prioritize the work in the first place? How do we schedule it? How's that done? Who does it? What are the rules or the mechanisms if we have any? Uh, sometimes, even organizations that have very sophisticated planning algorithms, that can be the cause. You know, we think that we're okay because we've got this fancy piece of tech that's doing it for us. And actually, the, the, the mechanisms and the algorithms that they are based on are often not based on the same principles as lean. And these can make for some very awkward conversations sometimes I've had over the years with various different clients. So, the delays, yeah, they can be really fascinating. They can be caused by such slower processes. Defects and reworking processes can cause there to be, you know, excessive delays, waiting for approvals from different people or back to even the planning and scheduling. You know, the big customer that spends a lot with us, we must always prioritize their work over others. That can be a big cause of delays in a process. So there's all sorts of reasons, really. You just got to go out there and find them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And what happens if we're uh, looking at processes, but actually today we don't measure these things like cycle time and delay time. So we, we've got our process mapped, but we don't know what the timings are. What would you recommend we do there?
1: Well, this is a really common problem because routinely, and in fact, I can't think of an organization I've been in, I've been in plenty over the years. I can't think of a single one where they routinely measured what we call cycle time, i.e. how long each step takes and also delay time. Uh, They're not routine measures. So often it's either a case of trying to see if that data does exist somewhere. We just don't convert it into an actual KPI. So sometimes there are records of things like, you know, what time is an email sent and received? You could pick up that kind of digital breadcrumb trail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you have to set out to actually measure it temporarily. And it involves nothing really more complex than asking people to record. What time did they start work? What time did they finish? You might only need to do that for a number of days or a number of weeks. depends how many times your process runs in that time. And that would be enough to give this snapshot of what does it look like? You know, people might sense what it looks like, but you really need that data to back it up. Mm. So that would probably be the best approach to take there.
0: And in that scenario, you're talking about if you understand, let's say, you know, there are four process steps and there are four different people who perform each process step. Mm-hmm. Then you're asking each of them to do that timing, but on a discrete piece of work as it flows through.
1: Yeah, or maybe several to get your averages and that kind of thing. And, uh, and also to start to appreciate the variations well between each job type. Right. It can get more complex than this because sometimes you have processes where different jobs are coming through the same process steps. So then you've got to separate those out. So, it, you know, there's complexity behind this as well. But this is where you probably need someone competent in this to help advise and guide mm. in terms of the various approaches. It's never quite as clean cut as the classroom scenarios always make out. In various yeah. uh, training courses, it's all more complex than that. Yes,
0: and and you know, you use the example of your IT system having some breadcrumbs that you can trace. So this isn't just about production or manufacturing. This is about service as well and operations.
1: Uh, absolutely. And service is probably even more complex sometimes than manufacturing, because the notion of how people work are different. I mean, in manufacturing, you very classically, you know, if you're an operator, you might be on a certain job type and that's it, that you just repeat, repeat, you know, that's your job, that's your day job. In service, of course, in transactional environments, people do all sorts of different things during the working day. They're, you know, they're on this task in the morning and something else in the afternoon. And so there's a different dynamic but if you take the idea back to that core principle of how do we achieve flowing value to customer, that still stands no matter what industry you're in. It's just that in service, you've got to think about it slightly differently. So uh, different challenges in different uh, industry types, but they're all there to give us opportunities, aren't they?
0: They certainly are. And so in summary, (laughs) what I'm hearing you say is that Looking at the processes that you operate in a broader sense, end to end, and not just in individual process sets themselves is important. That's the first thing to be thinking about. And therefore, improving just one part isn't enough. You need to think of it in its entire as a value stream. And then the second thing is, by all means, yes, look at how we perform the work. But actually, some of the bigger gains are not the work itself, but often the delay times that sits between each different step. Those are your two big ticket yeah. wins. Absolutely. All right. Brilliant. Thank you very much. David, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you very much for your time. I think that's really interesting and, and good advice for people. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find more episodes of our Uncommon Sense, Tools to Improve Your Work Forever, in our Knowledge Hub on our website, or, of course, your favourite podcast platform. And do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode, where you'll find links to more content on this topic, which includes webinar recordings, toolbox guides, blogs and infographics, and our training page. You can always drop us a line on team at pmi.co.uk and arrange a time to have a call to talk about how these tools can help you in your organization. We'd really love to hear from you.